Today I've got Ben Austin on the channel. He comes on every now and again, and we usually have some awesome discussions amongst ourselves. Today we'll be discussing news and politics, social constructs, technology, and plant medicines. All of this and more in today's Daily Dose. My name is Mike. Every week I discuss topics that I care about. Hopefully you find them of value as well. Today's Daily Dose is partly brought to you by GrassStore.com. Cannabis delivery made simple. Save a whopping 40% right now when you use the code DAILY at checkout. And Social CBD. Discover why CBD works for so many people with depression, anxiety, stress, sleep, and more. Save on your first order. Order from Social CBD now. Well, I mean, yeah. it's it's all about what you want, right? It's YouTube. That's right. Like, do what you want to do that's going to make you happy. And... um and feel more comfortable doing it yeah yeah exactly so that's really what it's about man that's what it's about how you been all right man i've had better days you know up, <laughs> yeah ups and downs it's uh it's a tough new year but what sure. about you i mean same i could put myself in the same boat it's uh you know last year was a bit of a challenge business wise you know stuff i mean the podcast is still doing what it's doing but uh business just retail in general has been uh getting hammered getting so, fucking hammered yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. that's that's tough and uh it seems like marketing is harder than ever in a in a digital age when marketing should be simpler than it's ever been with people like us it is challenging uh to get in and, and to advertise and market uh i mean there's fuck there's probably trillions of products and variations uh so it's yeah i i understand yeah well I mean, it comes down to money too i mean like if you're not spending the right amount of money on facebook you your ads don't get uh promoted yeah i mean i i don't do any of that shit i yeah uh, yeah uh being i'm in a prohibited arena i mean um few people know about this but the products I deal with are considered prohibited by virtually everybody, yep. social media, payment companies. Um, so no one wants my money. Yeah. Not Facebook, not Google, not, not anybody. So, so I can't even do the, those things aren't even an option as a, as a business. Um, I mean, shit recently, dude, um, my anchor ads were pulled. What? Yeah. I can't even put anchor ads you know um uh late december zell banned me you know are you familiar with zell yeah yeah late december zell banned me for using their service to collect payments for the products i offer people no shit um so like i get it it's yeah. uh on, on top of <laughs> on top of the many troubles of the economic kind of circumstance that we're in yeah the world uh, right as now. it is yeah on yeah, top of all it, that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's unbelievable. It's uh, that's the worst part about it is that uh, because I, I'm, I'm in the same. Look, we're both in CBD, right? Right. So the problem is, is I'm on Facebook and I see sponsored ads for Nug Smasher <laughs> and Magic Butter Machines and Tommy Chong and yeah. you name it. And yet I can't get a sp one sponsored ad on Facebook with my hemp based products. 
So when you start looking down to it, what, well, why can they, a marijuana product, Nug Smasher is a marijuana product. Okay. Yeah. So what are they doing got, differently? Yeah. So it's got a big uh, dab tool. That's just <laughs> like a little metal thing with a gigantic glob of concentrates. That's their image. I'm not even showing fucking product, motherfuckers. I'm not even showing product. And you're banning me because I said CBD in the ad. Right. And yet oh, these guys are showcasing a marijuana product as the image. And they're they're all over the place. So what it comes down to is how much money they're paying in ads versus me. Yeah, CBD is considered a drug. Facebook just is like, oh, no, if it's um, mind altering substances and blah, 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 we we can't allow it. Right. Um, and uh, it's funny because it does come down to how much uh, Facebook is a money making machine on on all ends. Like they make so much money pushing ads and they make a lot of money for those who are pumping ads. So, yeah. um, I mean. It's unfortunate, dude. And I feel your pain. At, at least, you know, at least you may not be facing the payment troubles I've been facing since 2017. It's um, it's very crippling, dude. Um, Just has me. It has had me backed up into a corner for so many years. And I'm just like, these motherfuckers want me to do something illegal. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm trying to do things. I'm trying to do things legally. And um, and they just, you know, won't allow it for one reason or another. And beyond that, I'm just like at a loss. I say to myself, I tell my wife, I'm like, I don't know how many, how much longer I have in this industry. I don't know if I can continue doing this. Um, you know, losing monetization on, on Anchor was like, for what? For what? Yeah. I mean, there was no email. There was no warning. I mean, that's generally really? how it nothing. goes. Nothing. No, no, no. You, nothing. It was just wow. the, the, the ads were pulled. I mean, it sucks. Uh, but I, I just have to keep pushing forward. Um, that's the worst what? part about it though, Mike, is that there is no recourse. There's no recourse. I mean, I don't know how many hours I have spent screenshotting, explaining when Facebook de uh, takes an ad down or uh, deletes a post or <sighs> threatens to remove the page, the entire page. Uh, I take screenshots of these ads that I mentioned and I put them in a very well-constructed, uh, basically, a, a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A post. Presentation, presentation of saying, here's where I found this. Here's how often I find this. And yet you're taking my ad down where I'm not even using the word CBD. I'm not picturing a product. I'm simply saying, here's where my store is. And here's my open hours, because that's literally what you cocksuckers have limited me to. I can't <laughs> say I can't say what I have in my store. I can't say what what percentages are, what prices are. All I can say is, hey, we're a CBD. I can't even say that we're a shop. Come and see us. Yeah. Like as a and business, how do you do that? It's it's impossible. So, and, and and then people say, we'll just go somewhere else. Where? Where? Yeah. I mean, they've dominated uh, social uh, yeah. to the max you Tell have me you have nowhere not, else to go yeah when cbd your main demographic is i would say 35 and older right who that's the, i would say the primary demographic of facebook facebook is mostly you know middle to older age folks 
And that's, that's our demographic. At least my demographic is a lot of older folks. Right. Because I mean, uh, Instagram swallowed up all the younger demographics, Snapchat, TikTok. I can't even, I can't even do TikTok. People are like, why don't you use TikTok? I'm like, that shit's owned by China, man. I can't, I I can't even trust our government. You want me to trust theirs? (laughs) That's right. You know, I can't do it, which, you know, which leads us to this fucking balloon situation, bro. Oh, that, my uh, God. That you had sent me. Yeah. Uh, I heard about it. And then uh, I looked up some of the links that you had sent uh, sent over. It's um, I mean, what do you think is going on there? Oh, it's a gigantic false flag. Gigant. If it's even China's this whole I mean, China's saying they want their balloon back and all this. This could be absolutely coordinated. Who the fuck knows anymore? I mean, that's the biggest thing. All I know is there is so many distractions. The biggest thing about this is it took over the news. The China balloon yeah. thing just took over the news. There's a lot of other things going on. Um, and, and this just the China and and really when it comes down to. Um, we have balloons all over the place. Yeah, every country has balloons all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't say it was a weather balloon. <laughs> that's right. And not only that, like these things are. 120 something thousand feet up these balloons normally. Yeah. Why is this thing in in fly in at 35,000 feet? Why is it at 35,000 feet? Why? Otherwise, we would see them everywhere. Right. There, there's so many surveillance balloons and surveillance drones and all this kind of stuff. But it's up high where you, you don't see it as much. So why is this thing so down low? Why did they make a big thing out of shooting it down? Just gigantic, gigantic distraction. And in me personally, I think, and based on some of the other things I, I hear, is this could be posturing against China, which is not a good move. Um, but otherwise, I really don't know. I, I don't know. But the fact that it's just um, you have the UFO community that's in, into this, everybody's swallowed up by this. To me, that's something. You know, and a big, big time false flag distraction tactic. And there's a lot of that going on. So it yeah, just all, adds, all the time. adds to the pile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ukraine distraction, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, the the economic situation distraction, the inflation distraction. Yeah. I mean, it's um, uh, and they just kind of always have us uh, like on the edge, right? Is the everything designed to just keep us on the edge, keep us worrying, keep us afraid. Mm-hmm. This is where CBD comes in, folks. You should check out <laughs> yeah. Ben's shop. If you're local or online, you should check it out. Or and mine, Mike's shop. Want. That's right. No, that look, <laughs> any, anywhere you can get fine quality CBD products. And absolutely, like Mike said, if you happen to be in our areas, in our neck of the woods, check us out. But I mean, look, the thing sake, is, you, is like, yeah, go ahead. You, no, I was for fuck's sake. You can find it everywhere, even at yeah. CBS. You know, just be you don't careful. Want- <laughs> just be careful what you get. You know, and if you have questions, go to this guy or me. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, it, it in a stressful world. That's right. You should absolutely be CBD. I I say that all the time for my shop. Is uh, in the world that we're living in, there's no better time to start taking CBD between the inflammation that's being bombarded in your food, yeah, the air. I mean everything. Uh, uh, you know, it's crazy. Well, you, uh, I apologize. My dog has, to, I just have to let him outside for one moment. I apologize. Yeah, do it, dude. Go for it. It's I okay. Apologize. I'll be right back. Like, uh, Ben was saying it's, uh, these things are all distractions, um, to keep us triggered and on edge. Why only God knows, but 
the reality is that uh, this balloon, as he said, they're everywhere. Why is it all of a sudden this one is as low as it was? I was just continuing forward while you were away. Yeah, thank you. But it's a it's a very good point. Why was this thing at 35,000 feet when we know that there's tons of balloons for various different reasons, right? Um, yeah. For, for climate reasons, for um, for CO2 reasons. I mean, whatever they're whatever. trying to measure. Um, but this thing was fairly low. Uh, you said posturing against China. I mean, uh, isn't that what we were doing when uh, Trump was in office? Oh, yeah. Pos- posturing, you know, slapping, slapping, slapping with tariffs, doing doing whatever it takes. I mean, we do lose quite a bit to China on many different fronts. And I say this all the time. People don't realize the Belt and Road Initiative by China's uh, leadership was announced like over five years ago, six years ago, and that it would be completed by 2025. What it means is that it's as they built this new Silk Road into Europe and Africa, they're going to be able to supply that entire continent. They don't need America as much anymore you know, to be their number one consumer. They have this huge, you know, two huge continents of consumers that they can supply by trucks versus, you know, having to freight everything over by sea to us. Um, And so, uh, you know, when Trump was saying that this is an issue that um, we, we need to kind of have a fair playing field for both sides, um, I understood on some level that um, we are going to take a big hit once, uh, you know, once 2025 comes around and they can start supplying those areas. I mean, our prices will likely go up. They're going to be like, Oh, freight cost is too high or they, they just don't need us in the same way being, being that they, we were their number one consumer. Um, you know, they're, they're going to make even more money. They're likely to dump a lot of that funding into more military technology, more, uh, more surveillance technology, more, more of everything. I mean, we, it's so funny that we all know today that social media apps are designed to scrape your data. Oh yeah. And make no mistake. It's all of them. It's all, it's of, all them. of them. <laughs> Even though TikTok is bad, I'm telling you, if you think that Instagram can't read your keystrokes and know when you're taking a shit, you're wrong. They all do it. It's just that TikTok is taking these guys' lunch. All right. TikTok is owning the shit out of every single other social media platform. So there's a reason why even Congress is going after TikTok. And if you think it's because it's it's China scraping your data, they don't give a fuck. The NSA is scraping your data. They don't give a fuck. It's the fact that they're getting their lunch eaten by China. That's why they don't like it. And they shouldn't, right? No, no, so. no. I'm not saying they shouldn't that, or that no, they no, should. But I'm just saying like to make it out like a lot of people make it out like Facebook and Instagram is so much better. You know, it's all it's all doing it. China's just really fucking good at it. Yeah. And I mean, uh, at the same time, like I said, I, you know, I trust our government very little. You know, I have very little trust. I, I trust theirs even less. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, taking that into consideration, I'm like, I can't use TikTok. Um, I just don't know um, if it's, you know, uh, a good idea for me. I know a lot of people do and a lot of people have found success with it. Um, Social media is awesome. 
for business for many reasons. Look at the opportunities it's brought so many people, right? Yeah. To to create content, um, sometimes useful content, sometimes not. And regardless, uh, they can make a few extra bucks every month. For some, it's a lot more than that. Yeah. But um, I think um, when I heard that TikTok was monetizing um, and had their standards a little bit lower than some of these other ones, some of these other platforms, um, I was like, damn, you know, that's going to that's going to do it for sure. And it's going to bring in a lot of users. Um, but, sh- you know, in a short time after we saw uh, YouTube and many others kind of uh, adopt something very similar. It's like these shorts creating yeah. these shorts, like, you know, 10 seconds, 20 seconds. The reels. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. and it, <laughs> I mean, how much how much do we have to um accommodate low attention span yeah well look it's such a it's such a huge impact that they uh the youtube partnership program they added reels to the prerequisites you have to have 10 million views in shorts in order now to become partner 10 million views it's insane fuck that yeah it's crazy so it's so so you're absolutely right tiktok for a number of reasons, made these guys. And look, China, like I said, China's very, very good at this uh, intellectual property theft. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> and, and so they're very, very good at it. And here, here's where I'll say about the trust of the government. Look, I don't trust any government. Here's what I will say about China. China does not fake how authoritarian they are. China does not virtue signal that they're trying to be peaceful or that they're trying to, they say, hey, this is who we are and we're going to fucking do it. The problem with our government, and I'm not saying that China's better. Don't get me wrong. Don't put me in that camp. But I'm just saying our government makes a very fine point to to lie to you about what they're doing, to lie to you about how involved in business they are. They will not tell you the truth. China straight up tells you every single company in our country is involved in our government and has to be. And whereas in our country, they allude to, oh, no, they don't do that when we know that's not true. So the unfortunate thing is that we have a very sneaky government, but that just lies to us to get us to trust them instead of just being blatant bullies like we know a lot of times they are. Uh, Again, I'm not saying China's any they are an absolute threat. Uh, But what I think is interesting is that. I think you'd have a lot more people that would stand up against government authoritarianism if it was if it was promoted the way China promotes their tactics. And that's probably why they don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and that's probably why we have distractions and constant, yeah, oh, uh, yeah, you know, uh, it makes it fun. Constant, constant uh, stimulation yeah. where you're just uh, distracted, you're afraid, you're, um, you know, you're stressed about money, about survival, about your kids. God knows what, right? The list yeah. is so long, but that's the reason why. I mean, yeah. it's crazy where we where we are and where we're going. Um, I've heard this many times from, uh, I want to say, reputable people, people that uh are involved in, uh, and I see some glimpse of it too, that, uh, you know, our government likes the way China rules their population. 
and they adopt some of these things slowly but surely they incorporate them into into our country and uh, it's subtle you don't really notice it but um yeah i mean let's look at it this way we may not know this and some people do but microsoft and google and um and facebook instagram twitter all these companies have some kind of contract with intelligence agencies. Oh yeah. And I think it was because of the Patriot Act, more than likely it kind of goes back to 2001 when that was drafted uh, for the protection of citizens and to make sure um, if there's any potential terrorist threats that are being organized through social media, that they would be able to catch it. I have a, uh, I have a client of mine, um, who worked that department in Los Angeles oh, wow. um, as, a, as an officer. And they have thwarted multiple uh, attacks in advance because uh, they're on top of it. Yeah. He's like, um, there should have been at least half a dozen attacks here in Los Angeles over the course of 20 years. Uh, but because of facial recognition at the airports and other technologies, they've always been able to like, oh, this guy just went through customs and he's known to be part of so-and-so. All right, yeah. let's follow him, you know, uh, type of thing. It's, um, it's a, unfortunately a necessary evil, but I, you know, I, this is not a popular thing, but we kind of created terrorism. Oh, a hundred percent. I right? mean, you, you, know? you go back to the history of Iraq and yeah. what was going on there. Um, we absolutely created that because we created um revolutionaries because we invaded their country uh no, and, it goes it goes before that afghanistan oh, oh, oh that's afghanistan and soviet yeah, yeah, yeah. union yeah oh yeah exactly like a, and probably even before that we don't oh know. yeah there's a ton of history ton of history and, like, but, but i mean even beginning. back in the early 90s and stuff we were over there you know i mean it was so the issue the problem is is like you said it's a necessary evil it wouldn't be evil if it was run by people who were even had a, a glimpse of humanity. Uh, that think about record, like you said, facial recognition, keeping people safe. If you didn't use it to spy on people, if you only used it in defense, it wouldn't be evil at all. It would yeah, just but that's be a necessary. thin line. It is a thin line, but if you have the right people and it really comes down to this, man, this is why I just I don't believe in politics anymore is if you have the right people, the right things get done in the right way. You don't have to worry about um, necessarily you don't have to worry about people taking advantage of the situation when you have good leadership. You know, I listen to people like Jocko Willink. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yeah, Jocko. Yeah. Yeah, I love him. Um, anyways, he talks about all the time about from the top down, if you have the proper leadership and he highlights situations like me lie in Vietnam, where which I don't know if you're familiar with that. It was a, um, a massacre in Vietnam where soldiers went through given orders to to annihilate a, a, a village and went through and killed something like 500 civilians um, because they were told that everyone in the village were sympathizers. Uh, the truth was, is that 
they weren't. And there wasn't a single soldier in that village. Uh, but what happened is from the top down, you had no one saying, don't do this. No one. Until it was just a couple of soldiers on the ground, not from the top, but on the ground saying, we got to, we can't do this. But at that point, there was over 500 people killed. Yeah. It's too late. Too late. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, good leadership is hard to find. And it uh, is it, typically you have a lot of yes men, you know, people want the positions and, you know, they're going to take orders as it comes. If you want the position, it's kind of a prerequisite is like, are you willing to do as you're told? Um, well, especially and, now with this type of government setup where it's all incentivized to not do the right thing, to just line your pocket while you're in. You got eight years to do it. Let's just get in, get ours, and get the fuck out. And it's get, just yeah. a vicious cycle. And, you know, you can see numerous times where people set policies for dates when they're not even going to be in office. Yeah. Oh, we're going to yeah, change yeah. things around by 2030. Motherfucker, you're not even going to be here. Yeah. And who knows what the world's going to look like then? That's so. right. And and now it's like two years seems like a lifetime. So so eight years is like it, it can cause dramatic change. And, you know, we kind of took a weird tangent, but the the. It just comes down to this. I mean, good people do good things. And if you have a, a system that is uh, set up to incentivize action instead of words, good action instead of good words, right now, all you got to say is the right things and you're in. You don't have to do shit. You just have to say the right things. And, and, and you get in, you get the votes, and you get it done, and, and then you can continue that on i mean look look at all the congress and everything else but unfortunately that's the way it is i mean even with products now with corporations i mean they don't even have to have a good product anymore you know i mean it's just it's all that's, it's all made in china anyways yeah it's right you know and and like you know pe that's why people like us have a hard time in business because we don't take the typical route we're we're honest we try and could do honest business we're small people. We don't take handouts. You know, it's like, but if you can get government subsidies going, well, you're going to become a billionaire. I have said it for years, and that is the best business to be in, is serving the government in some way. Either yeah. if you're either becoming an employee within the system, I mean, you're set. It is so hard to get fired, dude. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and that's why, like, walk into any of your you know local dmvs if you're in a major city they work like molasses why oh, is that horrible there's there's no sense of urgency no because there's no incentive they're just like you know i get paid the same whether i that's work right. slow or fast it's like i'm not getting fired for shit that's right um and then i've got clients that uh, that take on government contracts they bid for them they you know they've told me straight up they're like i make a lot of money yeah it's disgusting yeah exactly and, and i'm like dude that's where it's at if you yeah. you know if you want in but uh whose money is that that's ours yeah that's right you know, those subsidies are coming from our tax dollars yeah um and there's so many instances where these projects are uh poorly funded because people bid low just to get the contract and then don't finish it and they're like well we need more money yeah and yeah like what do you do and um it's it's very tough you know, thinking about um, like the broader issues in our country, it um, it's hard to believe 
that uh, they have time to focus on some of the things that uh, that they do. For for <laughs> yeah. instance, you know, for instance, we we have this, um, and, and I talk about it so often. I may sound like a broken record, but uh, you know, our opioid crisis, our fentanyl crisis. Fentanyl's coming from China, but you know, there's very little done uh, in in the way of like halting that transportation. Like, find a way to do a better job at uh, uh, at locating and stopping the the incoming traffic of fentanyl. Uh, the opioids. I mean, uh, it's tough, man. I've got people who are being denied prescriptions that have used them for so long and they rely on them uh, for their, for the comfort of their life, for the quality of life. And uh, these are all sorts of problems that, that are going on, but yet we're focused on balloons, you know, from China. (laughs) That's it, man. Distractions. (laughs) I mean, look, when you look at the crack epidemic of the eighties, who caused that? The CIA. CIA. Okay. So, so, what incentive is there to mitigate and slow down a fentanyl epidemic when potentially, I mean, there's, there's people that are saying, look, this is coordinated. Drugs are coming over from gigantic cartels that are running the Mexican government that are allowed or, or facilitated by U.S. government. So we, they're doing it again. And then They're you look at again. the yeah. the you look at the the opiate the opioid epidemic. Okay, well that's that's pharmaceutical companies who are getting kickbacks, massive kickbacks. Doctors are getting massive kickbacks for pushing these drugs. And when it comes down to it, you okay, a five billion dollar lawsuit to a company that pull, pulls in thirty six billion dollars annually. That's a that's a calculated risk they're going to take. So they're going to continue. Absolutely. They're going to continue to push these drugs with zero consequences aside from a little slap on the hand and, and, you know, give us your lunch money. Um, (laughs) And and that's really it is uh, give us, give us a little bit of money and we'll just let you keep doing it. And we'll put it in the public as though we're giving you a real spanking. And so people go, Whoa, a pharmaceutical company lost a $5 billion to a lawsuit. Yeah. Well, they just pulled in, like we said, 36 to 38 billion dollars on something else. So it's so look, I mean, everybody is getting money from this. The only people that are getting hurt are the American people. And I'm just going to say this outright. They don't give a fuck about you. In fact, they hate you. The the hep C uh, um, cure is a great example of exactly where these companies' minds are at, okay? So this was a real study, a real article that came out. I don't have it on hand, but you can look it up. This was a um, marketing focus group, analyzes um, hep C cure, financial stability, whatever the fuck. You can look it all up This in this angle. Hep C drug, the cure, which did work, it cured people, Okay. The marketing company put together a focus group to go over the numbers. And here's what they came up with. They had a lack due to the efficiency of the hep C cure. They had a lack of repeat customers, meaning a drop in revenue, hurting the shareholders. So it was the shareholders determination in this focus group that is no longer in the benefit 
of the shareholders and the corporation to cure anything because you will never get your customers back. So instead of, and it, mind you, it worked. It did cure hep C. It's not that it didn't work. It's not that it was hurting people. It's not that it was killing people. It fucking worked and they pulled it. That tells me um, that's still a better alternative than to find ways to infect more people with hep C to get more customers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, I when, agree when, with when I consider When I consider both sides, I'm like, I don't know. It's If it was one way or the other way, this was probably the best way. But look, to, to, they're to already make it. poisoning our food and our meds. So, yeah, so they're true. already doing that. So all they saw is, well, let's try the other side for a moment. Let's try and cure something for a change. Because mind you, they've never fucking done that. Okay, so let, <laughs> let's try curing something for a change. And oh, you know what? Yeah, we tried it. It's not good for us. We're not going to do it anymore. It cured. It cured people with hep C. So guess who it was good for? The people who got the cure. Isn't that what you're doing it for? No. Is that not what? I mean, so, so the, it just comes down to there is no incentive to do the right thing anymore. No incentive. And when you get, when people, and this might go into a, you know, a disagreeable avenue, but when people talk to me about we got to get the right people in the office, we got to get the right people in. Okay. You don't vote for the CIA. You don't vote for the FBI. You don't vote for the NSA. You don't vote for any of these agencies that actually have control of your company or your country. You don't vote for any of these motherfuckers. Did you vote for Fauci? Do you vote for the WHO? Do you vote for the CDC? No. These are people who have real control over your country. Why? Because when you have presidents that come out and say, we're going to do this based on CDC guidelines, that means they're in control of your government. We're going to do this based on WHO guidelines. They have control of your government. We're going to do this based on national security. They have control of your government. So these people that you're voting to get into office are slaves to the same system you are just on a higher level. And that's why nothing changes. It doesn't matter who you doesn't matter who you vote in every four years. It's it's ridiculous. Slightly in this direction. And it's slightly in that direction. It goes a a little bit more red or a little bit more blue, but it doesn't matter because we're still all fucking bleeding. And so that's the truth is like there's nothing really changing. It's just getting worse and outright. And I've said to a lot of people, look, when they start telling you what they're really going to do, that's the scary shit. When they still care enough about you to lie to you to make you feel better, then you're still okay. But I'm telling you right now, when they come out and say, we're going to do this, we're going to fuck with you, then it's, it's not good. It's not, that's when they're getting ballsy and they're going to start making big moves. And we saw, we saw it in the last three years. We saw big moves, really big heard- moves. It reminds me of uh, something that was coming out by like around 2015. Um, do you remember something called Agenda 21? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The event 201 it? and all that. Wasn't yeah. that all connected? I think it was. Yeah. And and I think we did see a, a part of that plan played out through, oh, yeah. uh, through it, uh, the last couple of years. I, I made a point, too. I'm sure you saw memes of this and whatnot going through the, the pandemic. But um the, there were movies that I was going through and watching from 2010, 
even older of, you know, contagion and uh, and and things like that. Movies like that, where it was uncanny how even it seemed like they predicted what the future, what it was going to be like. So I think really is is like. As we know through media and whatnot, this whole the UFO phenomenon, people say, oh, we've been we've been, um, you know, um, cultured through media. You know, they they put in aliens are bad. Aliens are bad because they want us to hate aliens. They want us to fear first contact and all this stuff when when aliens are really benevolent and or nice or whatever. And uh, and so. Isn't that kind of the same thing? Like they prepped us for a future that was going to be ridden with scary viruses. They prepped us for a future where hypochondria was going to be like the superhero, you know, hypochondriac man, you know, just I'm scared of every disease. I'm rubbered up walking around, <laughs> you know, it's, it's so I just I feel like they have trained us to just be scared of every fucking thing. You know, so everything that comes through the news that they tell us to be afraid of, we fall for it. Everything that every disease that comes through the Kraken that comes through it, it we're terrified of it. Terrified it of monkeypox. <laughs> it, it reminds me of some of these uh, channels that have like aggregated um, pieces of news where the same um, narrative is being pushed all yeah, at the same yeah, yeah. time and so they're like and so they'll aggregate you know news channels all across the country and then yep. um and uh and then uh, as it's as they're um speaking of whatever the news um information is you just see windows popping up of the yep. same exact like you know words being used and and you're like holy shit man yeah. you know here we have like a hundred different stations nationwide and they're using the same exact language um that is coordinated oh yeah that's oh, well, intentional well, look, that let, is uh let's get one thing straight about news i worked in radio where we had a news department and you know like most news does sure. and so here's here what aside from local stories where there wasn't a uh uh um a public uh what's what's the word for public announcement basically that's sent out throughout the news i don't know amber I'm <laughs> that's for a missing kid no um oh. <laughs> no uh it's like um oh, i'm trying to remember what it is but anyways there's a there's a term for it but it comes through it's a it's basically a just an outline of all the national news and it's sent out from the top down and so what you have is you have investigative journalism which only happens in local stories. You know, a lady had her cat stolen and come to find out it was found in a guy's truck down the street. And, you know, now the two are having lunch together. And so that's like local investigative stories. Aside from those, nobody investigates national news anymore. Nobody digs into the story. Nobody digs to the answers to find out what's what and what's true or not. They simply take what's on the sheet and they just put it out. You can turn on any radio station, local radio station, and get pretty much the same news stories. Aside from local, you're going to get all the same national news stories put in the exact same way. And so it's not necessarily, you're right, it's coordinated in a way because they're all getting the information from the same source. But it's not coordinated in the way that a lot of people think that you know, news stations are calling another news station and going, so what's the word today? What do we got to talk about? 
They're just automatically fed the narrative. It comes through their email. It comes through a fax machine. It comes through whatever it comes through. And they all get it and they all read it at their various times of when they air. And it's yeah. as simple as that. And so, you know, people want to make it out like it's this big conspiracy. It is a conspiracy at the top to construct this narrative that everybody else follows. But from the top down, it's really not much of a conspiracy. It's just people going through and doing what they do. Those people make a lot of money, man. Yeah, I, it's a it's no wonder why we see so many um, uh, people within the news organizations. I mean, they're just talking heads and they get paid a lot of money to be that face. I mean, it's it is uh, absurd. Sometimes seven figure contracts, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, but God forbid they ever kind of deviate from any type of narrative or begin to spew any type of uh, personal opinions on any matter. It's uh, because their jobs are at stake. And that's, uh, that's kind of how they have a stronghold on those people. And they're very easily replaceable, you know, and they know this. So nobody dares um, mess up their cash flow for the sake of uh, humanity. Yeah. Uh, no, nobody dares to speak up if they think something is incorrect or wrong. It's like, well, you know, this is, it's my job. I'm here just to to read the teleprompter. That's all I have to do to keep getting paid. I mean, uh, uh, it's these are all so many different issues that that we have in our country, um, and none of them are really none of them are really at the top of uh, the priority. Like, I feel like people don't want to get involved. I feel like. In the last administration, those four years, I feel like that has been the most um, controversial, but the most uh, uh, activity I've ever seen by, you know, American citizens, people just getting involved with what's going on and talking about it and re-uploading. And um, I don't think I've ever seen that much activity before. Uh, and, and now here we are, you fast forward. And it's uh, it's become criminalized like you can't, uh, you know, on a social media platform, criminalized just means you get suspended for saying something or, yeah. you know, you lose your monetization. I mean, they're uh, these are gag orders. And uh, and not so many words. Yeah. Well, and, there's some and, people there's some people that have have um, you can find these uh, people's accounts online, of course, of. Uh, FBI agents showing up to their homes with screenshots of posts in the U S this is in Australia. I know, you know, we were seeing things like this during the pandemic through in Australia. Um, it's in the U S too. They show up to your house with these the, uh, images of your social media posts. Whereas, you know, I mean, basically if you go back to think about this uh, as again, you know, a lot of people say this, well, these social media platforms are the public square, right? So I always like to think about this in terms of like, it always reminds me of Fiddler on the Roof. Do you remember that movie? Vaguely. Okay. I love that movie. Fiddler on the Roof. Great movie about just Jewish culture and then them being invaded by the Russians. And it's a musical. It's, it's great, but basically it's a metaphor. Fiddler on the Roof is a balancing act right? Is that you're doing what you love to do and you're doing it on a very sketchy ground, right? The roof. Yeah. 
And so that's really what it is, is that you're just going about what you do normally um, unsure on unsure feet. And so anyways, the whole thing, I just love the story. But anyways, a part is one of the guys that falls in love with the main character's daughters is a guy that's yelling in the public square about what is coming, right? That, that Russia is coming and that they have to be prepared and they have to fight this. And you have a whole bunch of the old village people sitting around and going, nah, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, you're, you're crazy. You know, all this stuff. And, uh, and he was right. He was right. That was the public square and they shunned him. And they, you know, the, the people, the officers on the horses came through and they said, get out, get out of here. That is exactly what's happening. And that's what people used to call free speech. And I know I'm, I'm repeating what everybody's heard, but I'm just saying that is exactly what free speech is, is being able to stand up in a public place at not incite violence, of course, but just stand there and say, here's the truth. You should listen to this. You should know this. And, and, and authoritarians coming through and say, you're not allowed to do that. And so when people just brush it off on social media that this happens, it's crazy because if you saw that in person, like we saw videos of people getting handcuffed for not wearing a mask or whatever, it's shocking. Well, it should be just as shocking when you see somebody kicked off of social media for saying any something and mostly anything, anything. anything. It's it yeah. is shocking. I it, mean, it uh, should be. And but most people just kind of brush it off, you know, like this. Oh, I'm out of Facebook jail again. You know, like this. This should be like outrageous. It should be outrageous because user that is guidelines, the man. Yeah, man. I mean, we we don't have a public square anymore. We don't have a public square. Where am I going to go? publicly in my little town where I'm going to get the, the voice of, of a thousand people would just spur the moment. I can do that on social media if I do it the right way. I, I can't, can't, I mean, I could, I guess, if I did it the right way, but it cost me no money to do it on social media. It cost me money to put together a thousand people in person. Absolutely. Generally. So it's, so that's the scariest part about it. And it goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning where you and I are unable to advertise our business, a small local business, unable to advertise on major platforms. Now, let me tell you, if I went to a radio station, a local radio station that had zero guidelines, the FCC allowed it, everybody allowed it, but the radio station said, I don't want your ads on my radio. I would go, I would make sure my whole town knew that. I'd be like, what the fuck, guys? Do you know that they're telling me I can't do this? I would, I would make sure. But now I, I have no recourse. I can't even make an outrage of it and tell other people like, oh, this because everybody goes, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. nobody cares. No. I mean, because there's you know. no recourse. There is. No, what are you going to do about it? You hear all the time. I, this drives me crazy when you have people like Rogan or um, Lex Friedman or, you know, all these all these people with podcasts, big podcasts that say, oh, yeah, I hit my guy up on Twitter and he told me uh, that they're looking into the situation like that. That's money. That's that's elitist. You're literally just highlighting the elitist behavior of these platforms right now because you have a gigantic platform because you make money technically for the platform. 
you get to contact the platform and get your shit arranged. Yeah. And the rest and of the us, rest, the rest of us can't. We don't fucked. have that option. We at all. Like I, I, think, I told you, I spent so much time uh, screenshotting and, and putting together a presentation to send to the with nothing. And I guarantee you, Joe Rogan does not put together a presentation with screenshots to 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 uh, to make his case against Facebook. He just goes, hey, Facebook, fuck you. And they go, sorry. And then they put him <laughs> back, you know, because probably. he makes money. So it's, it's, a, like, it's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. It's unreal. So when people I love people that say the future is open source technology, that is the hardcore truth of the entire situation. Look, we need an open source government. We need an open source technology. We need open source everything. And what that means is for people that aren't familiar with code, I'm barely familiar with code. I'm just saying that open source code means you can see how it's made, how it's done. The biggest complaint in social media is that nobody has the source code. So they don't know how the algorithm works. They have to figure it out. If you have an open source code, you can go in and see, oh, here's how they direct the algorithm. Now, the biggest thing is they say, oh, it's intellectual property. We don't want people stealing it. Fuck you. Look, I can have a code to something and I can make it my business. Somebody could take the same code. They're still not going to make my business. Right. They're going to have a, another business. The same thing with CBD. People can have CBD products, right? Everybody can have CBD products. Virtually all CBD comes out of the same facilities. There you go. I mean, it's so, a, so everybody's it's, it's competition to us. But at the same time, we can't go around looking at it that way, like being guarded. Oh, well, this is my CBD. Right? <laughs> we can't we don't we don't do that because it's well, competition. The, well, there's a smarter way to do it. And, you know, right. you can you can create a CBD product that is very, very unique and that no one else is doing. And at least not yet. That's right. Right. So. That's, and you that's can an offer option. education, you can offer information, you can make yourself above and beyond what a lot of other CBD retailers are. Now, here's where it comes back to social media. There but, is but, no competition. There's no competition for that type of algorithm. There's no type of com there's no competition for, you know, they say, oh, we're the competitor, like Rumble will say, oh, we're the competitor to YouTube. You have the same algorithm and it's still not open source. Uh, uh, you know, you have all these uh different platforms that pop up that say we're going to do it differently but they still won't release the source code it's and money it, man it's, it's money a, it's money it, but it, having it, an open source code type of situation we would have people that say i don't like how you're doing this so i'm going to go create my own and i'm going to do it better and now you have with an open source code you have the ability for people to create uh competition for literally everything everything so even in even in you know of course government hates competition but even in an open source government where you had absolute transparency what money is coming in where it's going how it's being transferred how it's being moved you could have people that step in and say that's not how we're going to do it anymore we can't do it anymore because they know how it works they know exactly how it works it's laid out in very plain well, I mean, open source isn't source code isn't very plain. I mean, you got to know code, but all I'm saying is we need transparency. It comes down to everything. And I love people that talk about open source code in technology because that's where technology is used against us. Nobody has access to surveillance technology the way the government does. Nobody.
And I'm not saying like you or I should have access to the same things NSA does, but neither should they. But if they do for the purposes of watching us, I think we should at least know how it works and where it is. And what it's looking for. And, and what it's looking for. Uh, yeah. I, I look at the UK. Uh, I actually argue with a lot of people about this. Um, the UK has the CCTV. Are you familiar with this? Yeah. I mean, they got cameras fucking everywhere. Everywhere. Now, you everywhere. get a, a mixed bag on this. It's good. It's bad. Here's what I'll tell you. They've had a drop in uh, corruption in law enforcement due to this, which is huge. The reason being is because, well, now even the cops are on camera and everybody knows where the cameras are because they're everywhere. So it works for the citizens as much as it works against them. In our society, the problem is, is that we don't know where we're being watched from. So we can't use it to our advantage to protect ourselves. We don't have access to the footage. Virtually anybody can hit up the CCTV thing and get access to this footage, right? So if that was the case, surveillance could be used for us and against us. Right now, it's pretty much just being used against us. Yeah, for sure. Hence, I mean, open, open, look, source. open source open source is a great idea for technology. Maybe not so much for like, um, uh, you know, products that are patented and, and various things. But, you know, when I think about what you're saying, I say to myself, there's a reason why a company like Rumble comes out and says, we're going to do this differently. We're going to be, you know, we're going to be more transparent and so on and so forth. But what... What I said earlier was it's the money that changes things. Once you start making tremendous amounts of money in any venture, especially that, let's say like technology, um, and neither of us have been in a position where this has happened, where we have to sit back and say, oh my goodness, you know, if we're not careful, we can, we can lose it. Uh, it reminds me of something that a billionaire once said. He's like, you know, I don't trust millionaires. Um, small time millionaires. Why? Because all up until that point in their lives, they've taken risks to, uh, to grow and to uh, expand and to grow their wealth. But as soon as they become multimillionaires, the attitude changes. They're more risk averse. They're more cautious and they don't, you know, they don't want to lose it. The same happens with, let's say, uh, these other platforms that come up and they're like, we're going to do this differently. The whole mission of their company is to be more transparent, but then the money starts flowing in and they're like, oh shit, I don't want to lose this. I just bought, you know, a Bugatti or uh, a Lambo and a $10 million mansion. Like I can't lose any of these things. And yeah. so the attitude changes almost overnight because now they have something to protect. Um, you know, YouTube used to be great before uh, before it was sold to Alphabet. Um, yes, there wasn't any specific algorithm. Um, it, it wasn't fine-tuned the way that we see it today. Uh, and there's benefits of both. Like what it is today uh, definitely benefits humanity in terms of education. You want to find info, how-tos, and many things. It's so useful, yeah. um, especially through Google search. But um, in the early years when it had been developed and it was just like, you know, virality was just kind of beginning for the first time. It was kind of new. Um, you know, people had more freedom to just create stuff and do stuff. And, uh, and even then it was still very limited 
you needed a camera, you needed editing software, you know, Photoshop uh, or um, or anything like it wasn't cheap either. So few people had access uh, to those things back then. Um, but for like critical infrastructure technology and things of that nature, um, it becomes a it becomes an issue. You know, you want to open source those things. It becomes an issue because then you don't know how it can be reverse engineered to hack in. Well, so I like, mean, look, I, like security becomes a go yeah. ahead. No, no, no. Well, you're you're right. Security becomes an issue. It becomes um, a huge issue if if you're just going to open source it. I mean, it, does, it depends on what sectors and how you want to approach it and like where is it going to be applicable. Like Tesla's open source, you know, for their for their motors and everything. Like that's that's a positive thing. It's going to accelerate more EVs. That's right. It's not it's not better for the environment. I don't care what people say. They <laughs> yeah, don't know yeah. what the they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. But innovation wise, yeah, innovation it wise, better, yeah. it will accelerate the yeah. uh the adoption of evs uh because now anyone can just take what's already working and build on it but terrible the, terrible for the environment people should really research this <laughs> oh yeah no the lithium and the cobalt that's used it's horrific what's going on in these mines so yeah if you think uh if you think it's good for the environment as well as yeah i mean it, <laughs> cutting down carbon is one thing but hurting humanity to cut down carbon is is another i mean and you're absolutely hurting humanity by having these lithium mines and cobalt mines and that's that's really all it is and and it's so expensive but yeah that's a whole nother thing but look i mean when it comes down to security here here's this is why i, I make a big point to do open source now we are going have you ever heard of the uh, quantum apocalypse I don't think so. It doesn't ring a bell. So this is a term that's being used in the tech people for quantum computing, where they are saying that there will be nothing that can be encrypted on the internet after quantum computing becomes mainstream because quantum computing can break a million characters in a matter of seconds. So sounds dangerous as fuck, man. It's insane. So what they're saying is, look, when you come down to security, we are all going to be half. There won't be any such thing as non open source because you can quantum due, due to quantum computing, get get down to the guts of it in no time. There, there was a um, projection made that quantum computing can. Uh, at the speed of a regular computer doing a problem that would take it 10,000 years, a quantum computer can accomplish that in 200 seconds. Wow. You can't comprehend that kind of speed. I can comprehend 200 seconds. I can't comprehend 10,000 years. Okay, it's hard for me to comprehend that, that type of time frame. So when you think about, we're talking about all humanity back 10,000 years, a quantum computer will know it in 200 seconds. Wow. So this is what we're talking about when we're talking about quantum computing and what's coming. So this idea that there is security in technology it is a farce. It, it, it uh, is right it, now, at least it, it is barely holding on because people are getting hacked right and left. Yeah. It, remi it reminds me of like the poor systems we have within government. And yes. how easily hackable those are. Yeah. And it's now, just now like, take wow. that. That those are guys with a high speed regular computer. You can put your, your together yourself 
with the parts that are available through regular sources. Now you take a quantum computer. Now I am not exaggerating and I'm not using fake terms when I say this, okay? A quantum computer that is powered by light and time crystals. That's a real thing. Yes, How Google has developed it. That's right. How in the yeah. fuck are you going to defend against that? How are you going to defend against that when you're have, you might have a $10,000 computer that you're rocking to do your hacking capabilities. And now this quantum computer, again, 10,000 years to 200 seconds. It's not even, it's not even fair. Now, the only places where these are available are in corporate structures and governments. Go, go figure. Yeah. So, so by the time the average person not only has access to quantum computing, but now knows how to work it, the world is going to surpass us in a matter, you know, people used to complain, oh man, I to be able to keep up with uh, Photoshop and, and all this stuff. You got to constantly train. Holy shit. I can't even imagine what quantum, quantum computing is going to be. You may not have to worry about it at all. It might just be a click of a button. There you and go. The computer will do it for you. Well, I yeah, mean, with chat GBT and whatnot, and then powered by, by uh, quantum AI. Oh fuck, man. I mean, yeah. So have, look, you, have I mean, you checked that out? I mean, I, oh, I yeah. was uh, I was test running chat GPT myself uh, with a few things and I'm like, this is going to kill a lot of customer service jobs. <laughs> oh, dude, y'all for sure. Well, look, I, it's going to it's going to change search. I mean, already I use it more than I use Google. Um, so uh, now I go to chat GPT for almost every single query that I would put into Google because wow. I'm getting a pinpointed answer. I don't have to look through blogs. I don't have to find which one, which one's right sourced. It's feeding me. And, and look, I, I've done, I know people might be like, well, how do you trust it? Okay, well, here's what I've done is I do this. I'm not saying that I trust it with political information or like ideology, but if I'm looking for a math equation or if I'm something like that, um, or I'm looking for, you know, where, does, where can I find a link to this or where can I find this on, online uh, if I can't find it somewhere else? It, it just guides me to it. Um, so that's what's amazing. If I say, are there any studies done on um, cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome? Boom. It just brings it up. There have been numerous studies. Da, 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 da. And I say, where can I find these studies? Oh, da, 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 da. you can find it here, wow. here, here, and here. Oh, it's amazing. So yes, then I started yeah. doing this. I started doing this. I started going to my nursing friends, right? My wife's a nurse. I have uh, numerous. Uh, she has numerous friends. That are I said, give me, a, give me a question that was on your nursing exam. That would trip up a lot of people. I'm going to see if ChatGBT will do it. And so they were like, oh, okay, give me the this and that and this. And I'm typing it in as they do it. It was like, I can't even remember what it was now, but um, something about um, blood pressure and, and all that stuff. And so anyways, it gave a, a textbook answer. Textbook answer broke down the whole thing by the, mind you, three paragraphs. Three paragraphs of an answer detailing the potentials of what I, what I talked about. And all of the nursing people were like, whoa. Yeah. That's, and I, I said, that's yeah, amazing. it's crazy. It's amazing. Uh, you have an uproar of people, of teachers that are saying that chat GBT is going to, is going to make it impossible for, uh, to determine cheating or not. But what's great is you have other teachers that are embracing it, that are saying, no, 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 I want you to use chat GBT in lectures and whatnot. And then what we'll do is we'll discuss what you find. 
we'll just so everybody use chat GBT and we'll turn the class into a discussion. So instead of six hours of lecture where you're just yeah. taking notes and you got no, now it makes these teachers um, re-coordinate, reconfigure how they're going to do it to combat the fact that these students can find the information faster than you can tell them. And that's now not, it used to be not necessarily that, a bad thing. I mean, it's uh, not if you take it the right way. Now that leads back to all technology. Same thing. It's not bad if you use it the right way. And that's exactly facial recognition is not bad if you use it the right way. You know, uh, uh, AI in no way is bad. It's incredibly helpful. It's helping doctors. It's helping a lot of people. In no way is it bad unless you use it in a bad way. Um, which, so which eventually it will be. I mean, unfortunately, that's the world we live in because it's not incentivized to give it to humanity for humanitarian reasons. It's incentivized to capture and to monetize. And that's it because it's the it's the almighty dollar. Look, I mean, it's a scary world, but I almost can't wait for fiat's currency to go away. Fiat currency. I mean, it's just our world is so enslaved to it, you know, and now I sound like a fucking tree hugger, but I'm just saying. We're such a slave to it that we can't even get our systems to think outside of money. We can't even get these things. We can't even yeah. get medicine to think for the sake of humanity. We can't get technology to think for the sake of humanity. We can't get anybody to think for the sake of humanity because it's all about I got to protect the money. I got to make sure we have money. I got to make sure because I got to pay the bills and I got to do this and I got to do that. It's just like, I'm not saying I, I know of a better way, but there's just, levels to, there's levels to this shit too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, we, th we, we, you're generalizing it as just like the money aspect of it. Um, oh, there's a lot but, more to it. Yeah. But with it comes the uh, inevitable control of humanity. Yeah, of course it comes with the, um, the ability to keep people in their place, right? Like yeah. if you find a way up, that's great for you, but there's still levels, many levels above you even then, right? Yeah, exactly. Some, some, so, you know, somebody can go from six figures to seven figures to eight figures and they may think they have made it, but it's like, no, dude, there's still many levels above you still that um, continuously apply pressure and uh apply these uh methodologies that um keep you in your place so um it's it's still rather amazing for anyone to make those jumps from six to seven figures annually and grow wealthier that's very remarkable for anyone to do um but you're you're still you know, under a tremendous amount of control suppression, I think is the word I would like to use um, a great deal of suppression. Nobody, you know, nobody wants to think for the sake of humanity, not just because of money, but because of all of these constructs, these human constructs, money is a part of it, but then you have the control, you have the, the culture, you have the uh, classism and, um, let's face it, right? The world needs workers. If everyone became millionaires tomorrow, <laughs> who is going to work in those lithium mines to make those iPhones? Yeah. Right? The machines? 
I mean, that day will come eventually, right? AI will take over many, many jobs. Um, it already has over the course of two decades. Um, what other sectors will it take over? We don't know, but think about it just five years ago. You know, uh, Andrew Yang was talking about how his buddies in Silicon Valley are trying to figure out automation for, uh, for freight. Well, oh, yeah. Gosh, what, what is that going to do? Well, that's going to eliminate a lot of truck drivers. Yeah. Um, in one form or another, or it, it, I, I don't know exactly what that might look like, but well, self-driving uh, in general, automated driving in general is going to put that out. It's eventually, yes, yeah. when, when it is perfected, and it's it's still got a lot of a lot of uh, details to kind of iron out. There's a lot of work to be done there uh, for it to come uh, into fruition full time, and everyone can actually u- utilize it. Um, it's there's so many aspects, but I get where you're coming from. I, you know, I talk about it so often um, that because I'm in the world that I'm in, I speak to so many people every single week who deal with pain troubles and various different medical issues in their lives. And uh, you're right there. No one, even within their uh, their caregiver systems, their insurance companies, their doctors, like no one specifically cares all that much about their well-being yeah so a lot of the choices and decisions made are uh practical for insurance companies practical for um the physicians who prescribe and their offices attorneys liabilities all of these things don't address the need of any specific patient um yeah. and yet you know we have this like broad issue um uh, broader like um, issues in this country from you know technology and medicine and um, and health and wellness, mind, body, spirit. I mean, uh, there's so many things, and yet we're all kind of being suppressed at the same time in so many ways. Money being definitely one of the the root causes of it, and then some of the other things that I mentioned too. I've talked about for a long time. I mean, uh, just recently, man, they're 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 still pushing the ban kratom. Like there's oh, regula- yeah. there's regulations in Mississippi now, and Georgia's about to ban it on February 13th. So if you live in Georgia and you're an advocate <laughs> and you use it and you benefit uh, in a tremendous way from the use of kratom, show up and speak. You know, speak up, say something. Yeah. Um, everything we talked about, Ben. You know, it brings me back to the realization that, you know. Humanity just doesn't care enough to get involved. That's why yeah. it was so interesting to see so many people involved during the last administration and being so vocal about, you know, everything that was going on. Um, but you fast forward and we're kind of right back to that uh, uh, same position we've always been in is uh, suppressed um, in fear and too stressed to care about anything. You may or may not have heard that, you know, Los Angeles went ahead and banned flavored tobacco. Oh, I did not know that. That yeah. So everything flavored tobacco is gone, and I told people for months in advance, like you know, this is going to affect you if you want to do something about it. Like you can. There are there are yeah. these uh, assemblies that are being uh, gathered, and people are t- discussing it, and your local council members will be there. Nobody wants to go. The same can be said about uh, let's say kratom. You know, people say they're advocates; they benefit tremendously. They don't show up. Nobody says a fucking word until it's yeah. banned. Um, the same is said about technologies, uh, the 
the way we govern our lives, our politics, and everything else. Nobody cares enough to do much of anything. And I know that the feelings are always the same. Is like, like, what can I, a single person, do to change the course of how things are going? Yeah. And it leads us right back to where we are today, um, living in a suppressed society, living in a way um, that uh, is a constant struggle. I mean, you and I are in very, very unique positions. Small businesses, there's millions of them. I mean, um, and they all struggle. No one's becoming wealthy overnight. Um, And, you know, when you were talking about having trouble being able to market on Facebook, it reminded me of all the little trinkets and bullshit that people sell and market on Facebook, you know, wristbands and this and that. I'm like, just such benign things that won't really make too much of a difference in a person's life. Those are okay to market. Of course. You know, um, and then I was reflecting on what you said, man, you know, um, nug smasher. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that, that one, that's my biggest pet peeve, man. I mean, well, and I, I just see, I see people smoking weed all, and I, obviously I'm not against it. I'm a, I'm a weed guy, man. I'm a big fan of cannabis. Uh, I'm all about public smoking and public use. I, I'm big about it. Uh, my problem is, is that, you know, when you're promoting this behavior that allows to only see the recreational side, you cannot showcase the medical side. We can't make medical claims. We can't talk about medical benefits. Uh, It's very limited on what you can say and do, but you can smoke all you want. You can take a dab hit. You can smoke a joint. You can do, I mean, all the time I see people just taking bong reps and uh, on, on Facebook all the time. And, uh, and And there's no issues. No one's getting no issues. Same thing on YouTube is uh, you can go on, you can have a whole channel built around you talking about smoking, talking about, but the moment you make a medical claim, you're out. Um, so it's the problem is not that, you know, people think, oh, well, the can- can- uh, the culture is bigger than ever. I mean, that's true. But at the same time, the amount of positive and and worthwhile information coming out of this culture is less than ever. Uh, in my area alone, the amount of advocates. Look, we were 175 strong when we marched on City Hall in Clarkston, Washington, when they put in a moratorium. I think, isn't that the term? When they uh, shut down a, a legal... Anyways, they, I believe that's what it was, a moratorium. When they, they banned the sale of cannabis in Clarkston, even though the Washington state passed it. And there was 175 of us that marched on City Hall to get it passed, to get it lifted. And, and we were successful. The amount of advocates now in my town with three pot shops, legal pot shops that employ probably 30 people in each, I could probably get a group of 30 people together total. Wow. That's it. That's it. Again, see, like nobody cares. Nobody. And the reason why is because now they're making money. Now they're making money in a business they always wanted to be in. At first, there was no business. There was no way to be in it. You still had to, mind you, you still can't openly consume in Clarkston. You still can't open container in Clarkston. You still have to be shrouded away in your home in Clarkston. 
in, in, in Washington state, except if you're in a big city, here's what they did. They allowed big cities to open up public areas, but they don't allow small cities to do it all about, all about money. It's just, yeah. it's all about tax revenue because they tax the holy fuck out of these people. And, uh, and so that's really what it's about. So now people that they're making money, as you said, the, the multimillionaires that now become risk adverse, right? That's exactly what it was is before that pot shop opened, the owners of the shop were marching with us in, on city hall after they opened, they wouldn't even allow me to wear their gear smoking in public. What in the fuck are we talking about? Yeah. Like we, what, a, what a flip. What are you talking about? Because, and, and that was my biggest argument. I go, how did you get here? How did you get here? We broke the law. We broke the law. Now you're too afraid to broke, break the law because you have a business that's pulling in 30 grand a day. Fuck you. You know, that's, that's the problem is that, as you just said, it's like they get a portion of what they were fighting for. And now the fight just leaves them. Yeah. Now they got this, not, this yeah. little ball of, oh, well, you gave me a scraps and now I need to hold the scraps. No, man, let's go for the fucking world. Now take the ground you were given. Take it. Don't don't stop there and hold your little square, man. Go to the finish line. That's where it, it, it ends. It ends when it's decriminalized. Not federal legalization, not state legalization, de-fucking criminalized. I'm telling you what's going to happen when they federally legalize. It's going to get captured the same way that it did when it went state. You think what do you mean? What do you mean captured? What does that mean? These retail shops work on a 10 to 15 percent margin. The money's uh, captured. Yeah, it's not going was, to the it's not going to the farmers. It's not going to the retailers. It's not going to the consumers. It's going to the state. It's been captured. So what do you it, think is going to happen when it goes federal? Motherfuckers, it's going to get captured. So, so now you're going to have state-run pot shops. You're not going to have a mom-and-pop uh, pot shop like you do liquor stores. You're not going to have that. You're going to have big box stores, and you're going to have state-run shops that are running it. And that's it. That's it. That's what happens with federal legalization. Um, you, you, people, people think they're going to lease up on the employment testing of drugs. No, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that because every employer has the right to drug test their people. You're going to have the government tell them they can't. They're never going to do that. Well, that, that reminds me of three different stories. So like specifically with drug screening, I mean, um, Amazon was like one of the first ones to come out and be like, well, we need more workers. So we're going to drop the screening of cannabis. Right. So that was one aspect that um, changed the um, the dynamic of how screenings uh, were even being viewed by companies. It's their right. Yeah. Uh, but when they but need it didn't workers, change anybody's minds. No, well, not it didn't yet. Sweep through anywhere. It didn't sweep through states because Amazon did it. Yeah, well, it, not yet. We'll see, right? Yeah, yeah. But the second story reminds me of Mississippi, um, or no, sorry, Minnesota. Um, they're trying to uh, pass something recreational too, and they're talking about eight to fifteen percent tax plus sales tax of uh, their you know respective counties. Um, and that uh, becomes way too expensive. It's uh, yeah. it's uh, it's so prohibitive. Um, once you start creeping into twenty twenty five percent for uh, for just some weed, you know. Oh, dude, um, it's thirty seven percent Washington <laughs> State. Thirty seven. It's, it's high. It's crazy. I, and they and then they wonder, you know, like uh, the governor was asked about this, and um, specifically, like, why do you want fifteen percent? And uh, aren't you worried about black market propping up? And he's like, absolutely, we're worried about the black market propping up, but um, uh, but 
increasing of 15% doesn't show um, any legitimate uh, concern that that would happen. And I'm like, you're, fu- <laughs> you're, you're, you're either ignorant or you're intentionally lying. Look you at know, every but- legal state, every single legal state still has a thriving black market. And there's a reason why. Because it's high taxation. Absolutely. And every single state, California, Colorado, Washington, these are the states I watch the most. The every single one of these states, people are saying it's too expensive to get into pot. It's too expensive. California has one of the biggest black markets because the tax is so high. People can't get in. Yeah. And so unless you have big funding, then you can't get in. It's just, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's again, it's just, it's not about humanity. It's being captured. Yeah. And uh, it reminds, so me, well, it reminds me of the third story, man. Um, some fucking, uh, some Senator, I don't know, but he's involved in a company called uh, CBD Kratom. So oh, I don't know okay. if you're from, I don't know if you're familiar with that brand CBD uh-uh. Kratom. So they've got stores uh, popping up all over the place. Um, and one one of their locations or more uh, just got raided and uh, they seized a bunch of synthetic uh, THC, which I didn't dive into the story. I mean, I thought like, what what are they considering synthetic THC? Delta eight? Is that considered synthetic? Or like, what is the definition uh, and what did they actually seize? Um, but it reminded me based on what you're saying, I'm like, well, look, here we have a fucking politician who is involved in these businesses and is opening them up. He may just be an investor for all we know, yeah. but he has some involvement. How much of that involvement um, helped enable the opening of more locations or the easing of zoning laws or the easing of, uh, of um, obtaining permits and licenses to conduct that business? Um, and so we're already seeing a form of that capture right there. Yeah. Um, you know, thinking back uh, on something else, right? It uh, reminded me of a story I came across with um, uh, Nancy Pelosi's uh, trading history, her stock <laughs> trading history. So, like, uh, like a month ago or so, she she dumps Google, right? And uh, and the news is breaking out now, talking about how um, they see like she dumped Google stock worth like three million dollars right before the announcement of um, Chat GPT. Yeah. Um, and how that uh, it can potentially change how search is being conducted. Um, but this is um, this is how involved these people are like they oh, yeah. they have inside knowledge. They have a tremendous amount of it and they use it. Um, and the same would be said, like for the cannabis market, they have inside knowledge and they know exactly what they want to achieve. I think for Minnesota, they were shooting for like a hundred million in annual revenue through the taxation. And that 15% would get them that, uh, that goal. And a hundred million let's, let's to in, in, in realms of States making money. That's nothing. Yeah. It's, it's small, but I mean, look, Colorado's in the billions. Wow. Oh yeah, dude. Annually, annually in tax revenue. They're making fucking shit ton of money. It's insane. What are they it's doing in- with it? Exactly. What do they do? They're lying Where's in the their going? fucking pockets, man. Like I said, capture. It's just all about capturing something. Look, how long has the government wanted either to be rid of cannabis or capture it? For a long time, 
right? A long time. Yeah. So now I think they, they they finally found a way to get in without giving any credence to it. They didn't have to give up ground on their stance on marijuana, the federal government, in any that's way. That's true. In yeah. any way. Every pot shop pays federal taxes. Every single one of them. So I'm telling you right now, these pot shops that make money, so does the federal government. The states make money. It's all about the government going, look, the people want it, but we're not going to give it to them, at least not the way they want it. But if yes. we're going to, but we got to do something. So if we're going to do this, let's figure out a way that we can make the most amount of money possible. And they did it. And the worst part is they doped us into believing that that was the only way we could get cannabis. Look, if I had known the way that Washington state was going to handle it, I may have thought twice about voting for legalization. Even though I love the fact that I can go and get legal pot. Guess what? Motherfuckers. I was getting pot anyways. Anyways. Yeah. I mean, that's why that's what I loved about the medical era of cannabis. I'm like, you want it, you can get it. Yeah. You don't care about it. You don't have to think about it. It's not in your face, you know, Uh, Um, but now, but now they want all of us stoned and you make such a great (laughs) fucking point about, about the politicians. They didn't have to change their stance to be able to get where they are today. None of them have come out and said we were wrong nope. about about how we uh, we criminalized cannabis, uh, though we are seeing uh, a lot of um, activity in trying to right the wrongs of the past by uh, imprisoning a lot of people. Um, but that has a lot of issues, too. You can release a lot of these people that you sent to jail for a gram of weed or a quarter of weed or whatever the amount. The problem is, is that they went in virtually um for the most part very innocent people you know yeah yeah. when they come out the environment of prison has changed them so much that um surviving out in this world is gonna be very difficult without resorting to some type of crime once again oh yeah they ruined life they 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 ruined a life they took a life you can't apologize for that not only that in every legal state where they're making money they are also making money on people incarcerated for pot. And, and I look, I, most of these are nonviolent. It, that drives me insane when I see, you know, Ganjapreneur and these, these big publications that talk about, um, you know, cannabis advocacy and what's going on. It's all about, oh, this state made this much money. This state made this much money. Look how that's much what money they, this oh, yes. state. That's always. what they always report. Yes. And the problem that's is always is the reporting. Nobody is talking about it in me. There, there should be two requirements or a requirement when you talk about how much money is you also should talk about how many people are still incarcerated in that state and how few of them are violent offenders. Because it, without that context, it's just, it just seems like, oh, look how good cannabis is doing, as opposed to look how far we are in undoing the damage in the drug war. That we clear that clearly has been done. The fact that Washington State, Colorado, California, any legal state still has people locked up for weed blows my fucking mind. It's just unbelievable. I mean, it, it should it, it should it should be an outrage. But yeah. I still warn you, man. You know, <laughs> yeah, I still yeah. warn you. Releasing people from prison who have done a long, uh, you know, a long sentence, they're not coming out the same people. They oh, went in right. innocent, right. and the environment effectively has changed them when they come out just being just being released okay you're free now okay um they're coming out into a world because we see it here in southern california 
The prisons have been packed. They've been emptying them out. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And and guess what? Crime on the streets is fucking bad. I ha- Like I said, I have a, uh, a client of mine who uh, has worked in LAPD for 30 years. He's like, we need 20,000 officers just in LA County alone. You know what we have right now? We have eight. Damn. So we are more than, you know, 50% below what is needed to be able to effectively respond to um, criminal situations. Yeah. Um, and so this is why our DA, who is a fucking moron, uh, which was once LAPD officer, he was once an LAPD officer. You look at the laws that he's passing uh, and and or intentionally not enforcing and you say, this will lead to more crime. Why do you want more crime? So I agree. Well, because he was a cop, man. He's looking out for his people. (laughs) Look, look, you can't be a superhero without a villain. You can't be a cop without (laughs) without criminals, man. I mean, come on, dude. I mean, that look to me, this is not a fucking comic book. Basic arithmetic. This is basic (laughs) arithmetic. You got a guy who needs to fight crime to have a job. And that's exactly what he's doing. He's creating more crime. You know, I mean, look, how can you lower crime numbers by raising them first? How do you how do you get more funding in your state by improving the numbers that you fucked up in the first place? So it's this is simple, just a, a back and a forth. It's a ping pong maneuver. Um, th- That's a th- smart Democratic move right there. Yes, it's very smart. That, that, look, when people say that, oh, these uh, look, they're not doing this intentionally. They're not that smart. Go fuck yourself. They are absolutely that smart and they have to be shysty to get there. And that's what they're doing. Look, I'm not saying you should release people willy nilly out of prison just saying, oh, you're out of here. And like Oprah, you know, you got a free yeah. sentence and you get a free sentence. <laughs> I'm not saying that. OK, in any way, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is get some of these motherfucking social workers out here that have nothing better to do than sit behind a window checking people for food stamps. Get them in these prisons and have them evaluate these people. But if nothing else, let's get the ball rolling on the ones that deserve to be out. But we and, can't and even give begin. Them a, and give them a fair shot at yes. starting a new life because yes. I hey, feel like just they like don't. an immigrant, just like a random illegal immigrant that crosses our border. Give those people ten thousand dollars and a fucking passport and a visa to work in our country. Guess what? Your life has been stolen for the last 10 years. You've been you've been a, a political prisoner. I would call it if you've been incarcerated nonviolently for pot. You are a political prisoner. So if you have been incarcerated uh, uh, unlawfully for I don't give a fuck how long you deserve compensation. Look, people want to talk about reparations. People want to talk about this. I'm all about giving money to people that deserve to be given compensation for how they were wrong. But let's start with the people that are still being oppressed, really oppressed. The people that are in prison for nonviolent drug offenses that need to be released, but we got to get people in there. Again, I'm not saying that we should just open the doors. I really think that you look, there's a push to get more social workers involved in law enforcement, right? I think the best place to do that is in the prison systems where people's rights are being violated more, in my opinion, more than on the streets. Okay. That's they probably, are, and that's probably true. Yeah. I have, that's a, probably I have true. a friend of mine. I have a friend of mine. Uh, without going into too many details, I have a friend of mine that was involved in a scandal in New York, a real estate scandal. And 
This friend was locked up, given seven year sentence for a, for a financial crime, harsher than murder, wow. harsher than murder that he wasn't even directly involved with. He was simply a business partner of the guy that did it. OK, he's still fighting to try and get on parole out of this. They work him for like 15 cents a day. It 12 hours a day, or I'm sorry, uh, tw uh, 12 cents an hour or some crazy shit um, for 12 hours a day to do a work camp. So that because what they do is they say, oh, you get involved in this work program and we'll we'll make sure you uh, have a have a chance to get up for uh, parole probation. Well, then he's denied. That's fucking slave labor, though, it's man. slave labor. So so I look, mean, this is what's happening to people that make mistakes. Just mistakes. They're not bad people. They just make mistakes. They get involved with the wrong person. They they uh, they you know they buy a, they buy into a piece of bullshit that was fed to them, and so they don't know any better. They make a poor choice, and they end up getting locked up. These are the people where social workers should be in there evaluating these cases, because the only people that are evaluating these pieces places people are in the prison system already that have financial incentive to keep them there. They're within the prison system. They're the parole board within the prison system. Well, this guy's making us money. Let's just keep him in here because New York state wants to make a harsh example of financial crimes. It's a known thing. New York uh, charges harsher for financial crimes than murder. Which is crazy because, um, considering what happened 10 years ago, you know, like yeah. very, very few, very few paid the price for that. Yeah. I mean, not, very, very few, very few. Um, but, and, but it comes the, down to the there's American money people. in financial crimes. There's not money in murder. Uh, well, yeah, that's, I mean, I mean you, get, you get two sure. people that are, that are, you know, let's most of the time it's, it's, a it's not like rich people are killing each other in droves, you know? So, so there's no money involved in in somebody who had their relative murdered that has no money to let alone hire a lawyer or anything else but in financial crimes oh there's a lot of money in financial crimes because financial yeah. crimes are well there's a million dollars going on here or more or more. usually more yeah. yeah usually a lot more yeah, yeah. it's um it's substantial um whether it's real estate or ponzi schemes or i mean look at uh madoff yeah right motherfucker yeah. almost made off with <laughs> everyone's fucking money yeah 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 um and uh and he got away with it for so long but so long. uh i i can see that you're quite passionate about this and i understand i i agree that we can get the ball rolling and start evaluating um who That's can on a case by case basis you know who can be released but and but like give them a fair shot because i've yes. spoken to so many people over the years that have been released um, some of them are felons. Lives are incre increasingly difficult uh, to uh, rebalance yeah. out in this society with a felony on their record. You know what I mean? Um, let's say we can expunge uh, a felony for someone that's relating to cannabis, right? Maybe they had an ounce on them and that's like, you know, 15 years ago, that's like a big no-no. An ounce yeah. is like distribution, yeah. right? Anybody can walk in and buy an ounce if they're 21 and older yeah. in Washington <laughs> State. I mean, Jesus, fuck. But, it, you know, since we slapped them with a felony, it's like, OK, um, if we can expunge that and give them a real fair shot, I'm not saying financial compensation, like set them up for success so that 
they don't end up back in prison or end up doing something um, illegal to be able to survive out here in the world when um, you know they've been disconnected for so long. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm kind of like on both sides. I see the issues as so many have been released. And I'm like these streets are so unsafe, man. Um, and with less cops uh, to patrolling and with the laws being what they are, um, like there are people here who will walk into a fucking Best Buy, grab a TV, walk out. No, that's not a crime. Yeah. Isn't that insane? It's absolutely insane, man. It's just and crazy. The, and, and this happens every single day. Walmart has come out and said, I mean, specifically in our state, Walmart has come out and said, like, you know, if we can't stop the, uh, the petty theft, we're going to have to start closing stores down. Yeah, same with Walgreens. Right. I believe Walgreens did the same thing, closed a whole bunch of stores because of yeah. that. They were just being rampaged. Cops won't do it. I mean, look, I, yeah, I, I'm going to say there's no, there's nothing. There's no security for. I mean, even as a small business, if that happened to me, I'm like, OK, what do I do? I just eat do? it. Look, I, here's what I'll say about policing. I, I'm a very anarchist in this realm. I think uh, I think government monopoly on policing should go away. And I don't I'm not. You can call that defund the police. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that government monopolized security, which is police, needs to go away. The The problem can is we, you and we, I cannot hire private security uh, feasibly. I could not too, hire we're security. We're too poor, man. That, that's right. Now, <laughs> if you didn't have a monopoly on policing, what would you have? You would have a thriving infrastructure for private security in every single area every single area you'd have people that would go to walmart and say hey we'll help secure your shop you'd have people coming to me just like you have people offering to mow your lawn hey i'll guard your door for you oh thanks that'd be great because there is no police the problem is is that now we're told don't do it yourself call 911 well now 911 is no longer an option so what do you do well guess what they still have a monopoly on security, but now they're not even required to help you. Yeah, yeah, they're not, yeah. I mean, uh, the cops not constitutionally. Show up. No, this was proven, and I, I think it was 2016 or something like that. Const that police have no constitutional, uh, um, what's the word? Uh, responsibility. Responsibility. Yeah. To protect you or your property, none. So, so look, it comes down to we have to protect ourselves. So. You know, again, this situation that I see with crime, you would have crime go down in areas where you had an increase in private security. You know, you can see this in areas where two way folks showed up to guard businesses during the riots. That was private security. It was voluntary. So so here you have where a, a case in point where that fucking worked. You had an increase in crime in certain areas with absolute rioting when people showed up armed and guarded, not shooting people, not hurting people, just showing up and saying, no, you won't come in here. It, it stopped. Or it, 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 you know, transitioned. Or, or, or the crime just moved somewhere else. Yeah, where yeah, yeah, yeah. To an unsecured area where the police were uh, so, useless. So, so how can how can communities even begin to like fund their own police programs? I mean, it's um, stop it, sending taxes to the federal government. That's not going to happen. Look, it's not going to happen. Same thing with the private security won't happen. I'm living in a dream world right now. It's what I'm talking about. Look, if we're, we're talking about what needs to happen, I'm going to say whether it can happen or not. 
you know, but what needs to happen is government monopolized security ends. States don't have to send their money elsewhere anymore. It stays in the state. Money that's in the community stays in the community, doesn't go to the state. So here's what's happening. You have a constant extraction of funds. I pay taxes to the state and the federal government, which takes money away from my community, right? Then it goes up and up and up and up and up. States do the same thing. They don't, they don't keep money in the state. They do sometimes, but they send it to the federal government. They get, so it, it's, a, it's a mob process. Kick it up to the big guy. That's what it's all about. <laughs> That's what Dude, it's all about. There's so much fucking money, bro. It's oh, insane. so much money. And me, neither one of us have access so, to it. And and that's I, the worst part about even, it. Neither one of us. I, I don't even think we can fathom the no. the gross um, quantities of money. We're, I mean, we're talking maybe tens of trillions of dollars um, annually, maybe hundreds of trillions of dollars annually just like extracted since yep. I, like since that's the word you like using today. It's true. <laughs> But I mean, it's it is so difficult when you have this infrastructure that we have built and that we all rely on and we have all of the distractions that we're dealing with. These are the these are the exact problems that um, never really make it to network television. Yeah. These are the these are the exact problems that um, nobody wants to actually face and every Every season when it comes down to um, voting, you have talking heads telling you what needs to be done. So they understand the problems. They know it exists. It just never gets handled. No one dares change anything because um, everyone's just making way too much with the current uh, system that we have. Yeah. I it's mean, incentivized and, again, it's all incentivized to do just that. If you get into to politics, it's not incentivized to change things. And there's a very, very small minority of people that believe that in Congress. And, uh, and, and usually they're independents and don't yeah. really get much done. No, because they, they can't. can't. They can't. No one will work with them. No, look again outside. Uh, look, Congress is a stage. It's a stage. It's theater. Okay, that's all it is. Nothing really gets done there. The State of the Union address is a perfect example of this. It's just theater. Okay, and and uh, you know all these people is just walking around virtue signaling, and it's just crazy shit. It's a fucking circus. <laughs> I didn't the, even the watch issue, it, so I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I didn't watch it either, but I love watching the highlights. You know, picking up on what other people are talking about it. But it, it's crazy. It's just. They, they need to just start fist fighting to get people to watch. I mean, if you want to raise writings on the State of the Union address, I just you need to have fist fights in Congress. That's all there is to it. But um, I'll watch that. Me, too. So <laughs> the issue the issue is, is that outside of this again, and I said it, I said it early on, you have the FBI, the NSA, the CIA that are the, the WHO, the CDC that are all actually running the government. These are the people that are actually, and I'm sure I'm not even naming the ones, some of the ones that still do, but these, I feel that these are the big players. The WF, of course, that's more on the world forum, but these are the, 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 the people that are really in control of the country. And until it comes to where you and I have a say in who is leading the CIA and the NSA and the FBI, there is nothing that will really change because there is nobody that can break through that 
like you said, the independents that really want change that finally do get into Congress. Well, what do they do? They just make a lot of noise. That's you know, pretty much it. They're just, uh, yeah, they're just being annoying. They're, they're a squeak in the yeah. in the, you know, and uh, and in fact, if you look at the inside trading that's going on, uh, it's blue and red across the board. Everyone's oh, yeah. involved in inside trading in Congress. So they don't want to fix it. It just comes down to people that say they want to fix it, get beat down to the point where they just say, I keep talking about the same problems. Like, look at Ron Paul. Are you, do you follow Ron Paul at all? Uh, not not very often, but, um, you know, I, I I see that, um, you know, he's been talking about the same things for a very long time. A very long time. Same, same and, and for look, some of the other ones that we're he's familiar He's been a very with. small voice for a very long time, and he's been saying all the right things. We need to do away with the Fed. We need to do away with taxation. We need to do away with, with being in foreign countries. What the fuck is our military doing in all these other countries? What are we doing? It's, you know, uh, well, it's global dominance. It's Look, global we, dominance. We are if, trying to be an empire. If we, well, and the empire is crumbling. If we don't do it, China's going to do it and they already are. So you look at these crazy leases that, um, you know, um, fucking China uh, signs countries up for uh, They're I mean, they're building the infrastructure in Africa. Yeah. Um, the, so effectively, like how much influence and control are they going to have on that continent when it's all said and done? Yeah. Uh, same thing in South America. We don't we don't know it. We don't hear about it. But similar things are happening in South America, too. You know what is uh you know what is the interest of China uh, to be in places um, like Africa and South America? Um, if we don't have this global domination, someone else is going to attempt to have this global domination. Which one is the lesser of the two evils? I don't you know I don't know. I think well, uh, I think they both suck. <laughs> yeah, they, they, it's they're both bad options, and neither of us I think will be alive to uh, to witness what comes. Um, in the next century, but uh, ultimately, it's it, it is a shit show, and yeah. we have we have so many problems in this country. Um, and for me, like what I do for a living, it, it primarily focuses on like health, wellness, you know, psychological, mental, emotional, um, and then and then we have like uh, pain management, and we have all these different things that I engage in through supplements and various things. Um, and that's, that's been a primary focus because I see that, um, these are huge, huge problems in our country, um, in our society, in our communities, whether it's, uh, the abuse of substances or where, whether it's the, um, the overdose of people who are, uh, who are dying, you know, day after day, uh, because of heroin or fentanyl or something laced with fentanyl and, um, or legal drugs are given from the doctor. Or the legal drugs, yeah, that they're being given from their doctors. So, you know, from the perspective that I have and the the information that I try to uh, to put out there is for people to understand, like, these are problems that we have that are actually affecting uh, the quality of life for so many. Beyond that, we see, like, everything else that we just talked about. Right. The reason why things are the way they are, why we see the suffering, why we see the incarceration of people who shouldn't be in, in, in prison for, let's say, weed, the uh, the lack of education or the uh, the lack of um, 
um, uh, information around the medicinal use of cannabis. Like that's out the door, right? Because now it's just recreational. It's a, yeah. as the, as the money grab has already begun. Um, the, the, these mm-hmm. like, these internal problems that we see and that our communities deal with stem from way up above and um, it's government, it's cor- uh, corporations, it's um, it's all of these fuckers that yeah. just make so much. They earn so much from human suffering. So, I well, know, I want to correct you on one thing. Yes. I will be alive in the next century because as soon as they come up with a shot that extends life, I'm taking that motherfucker. It already exists, man. I want to take it. <laughs> I yeah, want to see yeah. what happens. I, I do, man. I want to see what happens. I, if they, uh, if they, I had a great conversation with a doctor, uh, Mark Rial, um, and he wrote a book called, um, I can't remember what it's called now. Uh, but anyways, it, it's a fictional story based on real CRISPR technology to, uh, extend life, uh, potential immortality. And he writes a book about three different characters that take three different uh, viewpoints on this shot. And so you can take a shot to stop aging or to continue aging. So if you take the shot to stop it, you can also take the one to continue it later on if you change your mind, uh, which is cool. So in his in his book, he basically built a story around these three people who look at it three different ways. And when he asked me, would you take this shot without hesitation? I said, yes. And he looked surprised. And, and I was like, dude, I want to see what happens. I, I just want to see it. Yeah. Um, I, I think you know, a lot of people, I don't know. I, I think a lot of people just love the idea of mortality and getting every bit of life. But I also, I have FOMO, fear missing out. And so I'm not necessarily afraid of death in the way that a lot of people think of it. I just want to see what happens after my lifetime is over. I want to see it. So, man, if it comes out. So who's got it? Tell me who's got it. I want it. Well, I was going to say that um, it or, it already exists. I mean, there's uh there's people that um uh, already get injections that um that uh slow down aging and you can see it in their physique and their um in their skin and various things so these are probably the most like um basic Keith richards <laughs> these are these are, <laughs> these are some like the basic uh um applications that we have uh that they have come up with that science has come up with um and they're, and they're sold you know through um uh, i want to say like uh, plastic surgery and, and oh various, I see. various yeah. things right sure um but i feel like the key for longevity is definitely figuring out how to eat the proper foods i mean if we go biblical man there's there's something in there that suggests that humanity used to be able to live forever. Yeah. Right. That's and right. So the thought in my mind has been uh, over the last several months, as I've kind of wondered about it, is what is happening in our cell regeneration cycles where it's slowing down. So, for example, yeah. I've got two little children. Uh, when they when they scrape their knee, that shit is healed in like a day or two. And I'm like, man, that is magnificent. How do I get that? You know, because <laughs> yeah. look, at the age of 34, all right, I don't know, 34, 35, I, I, I lost track. <laughs> um, I can scrape my knee and it fucking takes like months to heal completely. Oh, 
Yeah. And I'm like, so w- what what happened between, you know, the age of like five and the age of 25 where cell regeneration slows down to a fucking like grinding halt? How do we figure out a way to um, speed it up again? Well, my favorite. Know. I'm not a scientist. My favorite quote of all time uh, is by Nikola Tesla. And in it, he says, uh, if you want to know, uh, paraphrasing, I believe, if you want to know the truth of the world, start looking at it in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. And the healing properties they found through vibration alone, or I'm sorry, frequency alone, is pretty crazy. Uh, they could do all kinds of things from levitation. And I don't mean yeah. just people. I mean, they've done this in, in like scientific labs. And, yeah. yeah. So I think there's a lot to be said for the natural, you know, vibration of the earth mixed with the natural vibration and frequency of everything else. We are energetic creatures. We put off energy. We absorb energy. Um, so is everything else. Yeah. I get a little woo-woo. Anytime I have a conversation with somebody about religion, I always, for myself, my side of the conversation to relate is I always translate it in terms of, of energy because then we can have a conversation uh, because I do believe in, in energies. I, uh, everything is energy. So I think well, part of what well, we've lost, well, go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say, well, dude, look at, uh, look at what Google did with these energy crystals. It's yes! real. Yes. It's, it's, it's real, you know, it's vibration, real. frequency, That's sound, right. energy, right. like the uh, light. These, yeah. these things are all real. They're not, uh, they're not mythical. They're not, you know, some uh, folklore. It's um, right. science is proving that these things are real. Um, and what's amazing is like Tesla knew about it then through mm-hmm. all of his, you know, experiments. Um, and there's, uh, that's why like even at at my current age i i've seen enough things in my life where i can relate and say there is something magical about existence there is uh something divine um i've seen it many many times occur in my life where i'm like there's there's truly something magical happening here yeah and um and all i can do is wonder about it and live in gratitude day in and day out um uh realizing like it's um you know these fucking like human problems that we have right money problems and stress but like these are just there's silly things yeah when uh when you when you have seen it as like as often as i have in my lifetime where i'm like it's not that big of a deal dude you know the you know you'll continue to live on and you'll continue to um um experience life and exist and you know nothing nothing's going to ruin your life uh that immediately like whatever is going on in life in general for any given person um and so like what i adopted over the years is uh is this thing the best way i can describe it is is like this something happens right it could be good. It could be bad. Let's say something bad happens and it's, let's say it's pretty fucking bad. I've trained myself to not react, right? The initial reaction of any person would be to be, you know, um, swearing, anger, frustration, breaking shit, you know, and 
I've trained myself to refrain from all of that. Something bad happens. I'm like, fuck, that sucks. All right. You know, and I just try to um, try to forget about it. Just let it be. Yeah. Because there's not much we can do about it. Right. Like that's true. Some things are just out of our hands. Yeah. You know, uh, you could be parked on the street and something come, you know, car comes around and just smashes into your parked car and, and you can be angry at the person. You could be angry. You can break shit. You can swear. I mean, none of that is going to fix that. Yeah. But learning to be less reactionary um, has had tremendous benefits in, you know, for my mental health for my stress levels. Um, but it's also tied into the energy aspect that you were talking about. It has a lot to do with that, um, with the output of energy. Like, are we, do we react negatively and put out that energy of anger and frustration and, and, and being pissed off about whatever that had just occurred? Is that the, is that really the best way to uh, spend our time? Is that yeah. the best way to exert that energy? Is there something? Well, and not only that, I mean, if you look at energy as a big pool, you know, that we all are just waiting in, um, then you're, you're, you're peeing in the water, man. <laughs> you know, so I, it's, you know, it's, that's, you're, there's something to be said for the natural flow of things. And I certainly am not saying that I'm going to go live out in the woods or whatever, but I just think there was something to be said for the ancient world. Yeah. A magic, as you said, a magic, whether you want to call it divine or not, but some kind of magical connection between, I mean, look how they worship the sky. Look, look how much knowledge they had of the stars at such an early uh, time in humanity. And the reason why is because it was awe-inspiring. It was, it was a connect. Look at what we are surrounded by. Look at the awe, the massive um, expanse that we are surrounded by. So they wanted to understand it. And there were people, cultures that spent their entire lifetimes understanding the simple rotation of that sky. Yeah. That takes dedication to your natural environment. And that is something that, you know, when we talk about, I, I love the conversations of how the pyramids were built and all that stuff because it gets to open up that, that question of did they have technology, if you want to call it, or abilities that we as humanity, despite all the technology that we have around us, abilities that we've lost due to that natural connection. And uh, so energy is just fascinating thing when you start looking at how much energy has to do with a lot of things. And so I think, you know, when it comes down, look, I, this, this ties into everything. If you put the right energy into helping people, guess what? It, even if you're wrong, you'll do the right thing by saying I'm wrong. Uh, I, I've said this a lot of times. There is no way with a good heart, you could fuck shit up this bad in this world. <laughs> as you could be an absolute complete shit show of a person. And as long as you have a good heart, you will at least say, I am doing a bad job and I need to stand down and get somebody in here better with a good heart. You could be completely stupid, but with a good heart, you'll at least admit when you're wrong. And so that's why I can honestly and openly say uh, there is nobody involved in control of our world now who has a good heart. No one. 
Considering um, all things, yeah. Yeah, considering all yeah. things. And and so until that changes, our world is going to change very, very little. Very, yeah. very little. And so that's what's lacking. You know, you we can talk all day about individual problems and and you know the root of those things and money and and but but it really comes down to good and evil dude it comes down to good and evil and and i refuse to believe i'm not a religious person but i refuse to believe that it is simple oh just uh they didn't mean to they didn't know any better oh they're just incompetent no 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 this is evil shit with an evil agenda and they are going for, in my, in my opinion, to control and potentially eliminate a, a good chunk of humanity. And so, and plain and simple. And so, you know, going back to our very first thing, the balloon, uh, distractions will continue to pop up. And this is where I really like to just highlight distractions. You know, like on my show, I, I like to go, even with the UFO topic, um, I like to highlight stories that I say, this is why this could be something else. And here's why I think they're saying this, you know, is to highlight the mud in the water so we can potentially clear it out and get to the clear truth. You know, you have to, you have to do that. You have to identify the dirt, you know, but, uh, anyways, I like to do that. And, and so distractionary tactics, man, it's going to continue to pop up. Uh, so don't get to, don't let yourself get distracted. Just realize the energy that's out there, as you said so well, man, is don't react right away. Don't react right away. People jump on Facebook immediately, love to start arguments, jump on Twitter right away, love to start arguments, shout out an opinion with, before it's informed, uh, a reactionary, and then it gets everybody into trouble. You, you're absolutely right. Take a beat, breathe, process analyze and then if need be inform your opinion before you throw it out there um because you know you don't have to move forward you can let everybody else take ground and then end up just getting annihilated by the truth you know because they jump out there with an uninformed opinion and just watch just watch all these stupid people i was one of them man during the beginning of the pandemic stuff i fell into all that Virtue signaling shit. It was on the other side of things, the not masking side, but still it was all virtue signaling. And, and I fell for it. I fell for the, the, all the, the other narrative. You know, there was a left and a right narrative that was going on. And I couldn't see the right narrative. I could only see the left narrative. And it wasn't until I fell into that hole and I got corrected that I was like, oh shit, I'm falling for the same thing, just by, uh, but from the other side. So you just got to rise above it, man. It's all about energy. So, you know, you just got to, you just got to keep your energy pure. You know, that's all it is. It's tough to do in a world that's uh, yeah. full of mud. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> Nobody's clean these days, dude. Nobody's clean. Everybody has to get dirty, man. You know, but, but uh, eventually we can get to a clean place. But yeah, for now, everybody's got their hands dirty. You look, you, you said it earlier. Nobody wants to get involved. Humanity doesn't want to get involved because they don't want to get their hands dirty. Everybody's afraid of jumping out with an opinion and being smacked back or being canceled or whatever. If you feel that you're right, if you believe you're right and you are informed, then do say it. What I'm saying is if you're a dumbass, sit down. 
you know, but those of us that I consider myself, I am a dumbass, but I also try and stay informed and I will not like you don't react to the situations. I don't react to information. So I sit on it. I analyze it. I process it. I, I, I go with what I think initially, and then I investigate. And then I come out later with what I know based on what I found. Um, so a lot of people just react to information the exact same way they do to situations. Um, and you can't do that either way. It'll get you in trouble. Yeah, so it just, certainly can. Yeah. So just take the yeah. information and sit on it and uh, realize that there are people like Mike and there are people like me out there that are informed or we, at least we try and stay informed. We're always trying to, at least I am, I'm sure you are, try to evolve our thinking. You know, we try and educate ourselves. We try and form ourselves. And, and through that, you do, you evolve, you evolve your opinions as you go. Mine certainly has. Five, ten years ago, dude, I didn't know shit. <laughs> now. Well, that's what, that's what happens with time and age. And, and, yeah. and uh, you, as you grow older, you realize that uh, nothing is as it seems. Um, there's, an, a, there's always an agenda behind something. Um, yeah. The know. whole world's a lie, man. The whole world's yeah, alive. Yeah. I mean, going, you know what? Going through some of my early mushroom trips, man, for for the purpose of therapeutic use. I mean, that was one of the conclusions I had uh, come back with after like reflection on the on the entire experience. That's what I'll do. Like I'll I'll ingest the mushrooms. I have this whole process that I do. And uh, after one of these sessions, as I reflected on, I'm like, it's all a lie. Yeah. Like this whole human construct that we have for society and, and, you know, where we are and how things are going, like, it's all bullshit. I yep. mean, and as I evaluated and reflected on it for more time after that and continued doing my sessions and ingesting more, I decided I'm going to, I'm going to create my own standards. I'm going to live by my own standards. I'm going to create a way of life that is right for me. Um, and I'm just going to exit the current reality that uh, everyone lives in because uh, nothing there makes sense. No nothing there has me engaged or has me interested. There's nothing that is um, that is pure or or honest about any of it. So, realizing all this i said to myself like if none, none of this is true and and it's all bullshit then how about we go on this journey to find truths there you go and, you know you said in the earlier on what can one person do yeah. against all of this that's it you just fucking nailed it dude that's it all you can do is get your own house in order yeah because there's 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 too much work to be done for one person. That's the truth. There's too much work to be done for one person. So you're going to do two things, a couple of things by fighting on your own. You're going to make yourself really angry and you're going to make yourself really lonely. And, and then you're still going to have all this fight left in you and you're going to feel like you made no ground. So the best you can do is enlighten yourself inform yourself, build up your own infrastructure. And, and like the field of dream says, build it and they will come. So because true though. 
It's true because people nowadays more than ever, I think that's at least in my case, that's why my podcast still is going is because I have people that responded to what I was saying because I just put it out there. Um, And so that's the benefit of technology now is that we can reach more people than ever. But that's all you can do is look, I, I formulated my own opinions and I decided to put those out there. And, and so if you build it, people will come. So if, if you are opinionated, but you're opinionated in a way that you truly believe and you want to steadfast that and you want to build a community, don't go to fucking Facebook. Don't go to Instagram. Don't go to TikTok to build a community. Just start putting it out there in these, these formats like this, like a podcast, um, because you'll collect people that like to interact. And, and then if the world goes to shit, now you have little pinpoints of light that you know you can go to. You know, you know, these are good people. These are good people. I've met people all over the country now um, yeah. that I, I never would have met if it hadn't have been for this. And, and I make a point to collect, uh, try and collect more information than just uh, a name because it's like one of these days we might actually need each other. <laughs> it's certainly possible. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there's, there's really good people all over the world, man. Yeah. Just really, really kind-hearted, beautiful people. Yep. Um, and um, and I feel like the internet made it possible to to really connect in a different way. Um, uh, whereas, like you know, thirty years ago, there would be no way to have met this person. Yeah. Right. Unless we unless we were traveling Australia or Europe. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So you know, and then we run into this person, and even then, in that little bit of time, that interaction, there's little that can be said or done to develop uh, any type of connection really. So it's, um, you know, the, the whole landscape is um, quite interesting. So we have to take the good and understand that there's the bad and That's through, right. through chat GPT and through AI and through um, the technological advances that are used against us. And then the, all these countries that are, I mean, it's all just a show. Yeah. I got to get going, but yeah. let me tell let me tell you this, man. I have an associate of mine who um, mm-hmm. who once worked in the intelligence agency. Um, he he said this. He said almost ninety percent of the intelligence gathered is oftentimes incorrect on a global scale. Yeah. So, as you said, the best thing that you can do is. Get your household in order. That's right. Don't worry about North Korea. Don't worry (laughs) about China. Don't worry about Russia and Ukraine. I mean, um, these are are things that will generally oftentimes sort themselves out. Nobody wants mutual destruction. Yeah. I mean, I saw saw, uh, a tidbit on Joe Rogan. Someone was asking him, uh, or Joe was asking his guests, like, about the situation. And he said, well... We better hope that Ukraine wins this because if Ukraine falls and then what's next? Poland is what oh, Russia's yeah. gonna go after. I mean, we we don't know exactly what uh, the ambitions are. Um, but uh he said if uh, if they lose at Ukraine, you know, the uh downside and likelihood of a nuclear exchange increases. And I say to myself, well. That's bullshit because, again, that, you know, what does any global leader really want? They want 
more power, more money, more influence. The way to get the influence is the money. The way to get the power is with money and political affiliation and rising through the ranks. Once you start blowing each other up, the money machine stops. Yeah. So the reason why global leaders have as much money as they do is because of global commerce. You start blowing each other up, okay, commerce stops. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The money machine stops. And guess what happens next? When your income stops and you only have outgoing, your wealth begins to diminish. Basic principles of business. You need to earn more than you spend. Yeah. And if you blow people up and countries up and people stop doing business with you, the money flow slows down, but your outgoing stays the same or it grows because you have to, you know, reach your agenda, whatever the goal is for that, um, for that to happen. We yeah. saw, we saw the same thing, um, for Nazi Germany, they spread themselves too thin. The world turned against them. And as a result, you know, aside from all the atrocities they were committing, the, the basic point here was that they spent themselves dry, that they couldn't, that they couldn't even manufacture the same anymore, you know, yeah. where, where everything was being made in Germany, you know, clothing and steel and, and, um, and infrastructure and, you know, just everything. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it, uh, it came to a halt. And when the, when the money dries up and you don't have any more to spend, your country begins to suffer. And Germany did suffer after the war. A great deal, a yeah. great deal. So that's um, that was something that he left me with. So for whatever it's worth. Well, I I definitely agree. You know that mutual destruction is not in the plan. <laughs> I don't think. Um, I think a lot of it's just as we said, posturing, man. I mean, they they want you to be afraid. They want you to be fearful because uh, then they'll say we need more money for defense. Give it to us, and since you're already freaked out, you'll do it. You'll do and, it. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to. You're you're afraid of an illness. You're afraid of invasion. You're afraid of this. We'll give us more money. We'll keep you safe. And and that's what it really comes down to. Fucking big government. Yeah. Always <laughs> the problem, man. Federal <laughs> government. That's the problem. That's and the they problem. Never, and they never pass any fucking good laws that actually no. benefit us, you know? No, no. I mean, it's it's not about that. You know, as we we highlighted numerous reasons why it's not about that. Um, it's, it's, as you said, it's just about them getting theirs, more power, more influence, and, uh, and they'll do anything to keep that going. And since you have the military industrial complex that is just, you know, basically in control of this country, it's, it's going to continue that way. Um, and I don't see a peaceful way out, peaceful divorce from federal government. Uh, so, I mean, if it ever comes to that point, where it's actually the American people as a whole stand up and say, we are done with you. You know, you can kind of see it in other countries. Um, yeah, yeah. It's going to be weird. It's going to be weird uh, because we've never really had that in the U.S. And so it's going to be a very different world when that happens, when um, you have that's government fucking, again. Yeah. That's fucking scary, dude. It is scary. It is scary, because, but because at, you because at that point you realize what will happen, right? That oh, he, martial law, martial law. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. National Guard oh. will step in. Oh and yeah. Then all of a sudden, we may see 
the true nature of the people in power. Absolutely. And and, and what you'll have really is you'll scary. have you'll have this factions pop up of people within the military that are understanding what's going on that say this is wrong that are getting out of it. You'll have that internal struggle. You'll have the external and struggle of people rising up against government. Um, it's going to be very, very interesting. But that's what I feel. If anything's going to happen, I don't think it's going to be a foreign invader. I think it will be domestic. And we will, we will be at odds with our own government because at this point, to me, my opinion is China is not looking to invade. Russia is not looking to invade. Our federal government is looking to invade our rights right now. And uh, to me, that's the biggest threat. And so that's who, I, that's who I'm looking at. I, I mean, like I said, I don't see Russia trying to talk about invading us or taking away my rights or anything like that. But, but uh, the U.S. government is absolutely trying to do that. And when they push a little harder, which they, the last three years was the hardest push I've ever seen. Um, it's it only, was criminal, dude. Yeah. And it's Everything only going to get yeah. more out in the open. It's only going to get more. Uh, intense and not to give people lack of hope. I'm just saying like, just uh, again, keep, get your house in order. Yeah. Because you when can, this, you can expect when, something. That's right. When it comes down to time where you really do have to stand up, uh, you're going to want to have all your other ducks in a row, not having to worry about those and uh, the IRS with their armed militants coming by and taking your tax money instead of you filing it. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Crazy, yeah. man. Yeah. So Crazy. anyways, it's it's very interesting to see. What a world, man. What a world. But uh, just back to the look, if the biggest energy that we can put out to change this thing is love, then let's put it out there. Um, so, I mean, you know, without sounding too kooky, it's just uh, you can feel positive energy. Positive energy cuts through a lot of bullshit. And I think there's something to be said for that. So if you can do anything to improve your situation. Well, it's to improve the amount of positive energy you're putting out. If you're watching dark shows, quit that. Uh, if you're watching dark movies and they're putting you in a funk and you're reading the news and that's putting you into a funk, buddy, you're drowning. You need to yeah. get out of it. I've pulled friends out of this. I've had friends of mine that were just angry, really angry. I'm not saying I'm not angry, but they were angry at everyone. And they were losing relationships and friendships and everything else. And, and I, I helped pull them out of that. And it wasn't necessarily with a gleam of positivity. It was just like, you're looking at the wrong problems, bro. You know, and when you see that the, bigger, the problems are bigger than what you can do, then just take a breath and get your own house in order. And so that's what they did. Good. You, yeah. you saved some lives, man. Well, I don't know about that. I certainly saved some <laughs> brain cells. <laughs> <laughs> which normally I'm blowing brain cells. So I don't know anyways, but uh, dude, it was so good to talk to you, man. Yeah. Good catching up, man. It's yeah. always such a pleasure. I know. Yeah. I wish we had done it sooner. I know we had talked about doing it more often, but just life. Uh, um, dude. So. Uh, and on top of everything else, right. That we're, that we were talking about. It's uh, it just uh, has a strain on, on just our survivability. And right mm -hmm. now it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be tough for several years uh, to come. Uh, and I'm not talking about Wall Street, you know, I'm just, like, uh, it doesn't correlate. It's not, we're not the same, you know, uh, here in the real world uh, and how businesses are operating and things are going versus like how Wall Street uh, is painted to be. Like if things are going well in Wall Street, it doesn't mean things are going well here in uh, real life. <laughs> That's right. So, 
Yeah. So, you know, um, it's, but generally it's an indicator of, uh, some, some mild changes. So if we do see like markets improving and kind of stabilizing, it's like, okay, maybe the worst has already happened. And yeah. now it's just going to settle down. And before we get back to growth and, um, and whatnot, it's, uh, it's just going to be kind of just s- stable, you know, yeah. just low, low stability and, and just uh, try to survive this nightmare. Yep. Well, wish you all the best, dude. <laughs> you I'll, as well, uh, my I'll, friend. I'll contact you again. We'll we'll connect, and uh, and who knows what stories we'll come up with uh, for yeah. the next time, man. Well, every week I do a bonus segment for my Patreon, where this is what I do. I go over news segments that I think are uh, important that the you don't hear in the mainstream. I mean, the okay. balloon thing was all over the mainstream, but. Um, but otherwise, a lot of the other things, I, I pretty much just talk about news stories that, uh, that I don't find that I think is, are interesting, whether it's technology-based or whatnot. Um, so yeah, anytime, dude. I'd love to. Okay. I'll reach love out, to. dude. All right, man. Well, good luck with everything and uh, keep positive, my friend. Stay with the good fight, dude. You know, it's not. You're one of the good ones, man. Don't, uh, don't lose that. We need you.